Hello and welcome to Silax, the podcast where we talk about scientific developments and technological changes in Luxembourg. And in today's episode, our brain and sustainable behavior, flood maps made in Luxembourg, digital deconstruction project, and wolves, which are back. But first, as usual, it's time for the pub quiz. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you one pub quiz style question and the solution to the questions at the very end of the podcast. Today's question is, according to Transport and Environment NGO, what is the percentage of Luxembourg city buses registered in 2019 that are zero emission? Remember, the solution to this question will be at the very end of this podcast. And now let's move on to today's subjects. Imagine being asked to limit your non-sustainable behaviors or choose to have more sustainable behaviors. What would you prefer? Scientists at University of Luxembourg recently did a study about it. Talking to 86 participants, they tried to figure out what is more feasible and they tried to look at different brain regions involved in taking the decisions. As it turns out, a prospective thinking about sustainable behavior won the game. So what does it mean? It seems that it's way easier to implement sustainable behaviors than to diminish non-sustainable behavior. This study found out that this is related to different parts of our brains that work when we are to diminish certain behavior or actually implement a different behavior. So the problem here is that if we were to increase the number of times that uh, we resign from unsustainable behavior, we actually diminish the activity of hippocampus that helps us with memory. This in turn means that we have a problem to recall our unsustainable behaviors. And of course, we kind of lie to ourselves. I guess that's my interpretation. So in a way, it's good to know that it's better to promote sustainable behaviors than try to make people feel guilty about the unsustainable ones. And now we move on to floods, but not floods in Luxembourg or floodings recently witnessed, but rather floods all over the world. LIST, so the Luxembourg Institute of Science and Technology, has recently launched a spin-off named WASDI, which will market the technology called Hazard. This technology lets us generate flood maps from satellite data. And it was already used in the cyclone-related floods in Mozambique in March 2019 and in Myanmar in May 2019. And there is a lot of interest from different partners regarding this technology. LSA, ESA, NASA, to name a few, as well as World Food Programme and World Bank. Behind WASDI, there is a consortium of three different uh, institutes and companies. There's the Italian company called Fadeout, which is the software developer. There is RSSS Hydro, company in Dudelange that is responsible for the environmental remote sensing. 
And there is, of course, as mentioned before, the Department of Least, uh, to be precise, the Remote Sensing and Natural Resources Modeling Group of the Environmental Research and Innovation Department, at least. This technology is very promising and it should also let us uh, develop forest fire mapping, ship movements monitoring, urban change mapping. And when it comes to floods, what we can hope for is... uh, the fact that it can quickly assess the extent of damage, it can indicate how an excess rainfall will impact river flow and uh, see the potential for flooding downstream. Staying at least, I have to say that uh, one of my favourite pastimes is going through their website. I find it very interesting. And recently I noticed that there was something written about the digital deconstruction project that got me very curious. And this is not a project that has had anything recently launched or announced. It's something that is going on. It's thanks to the Interreg NWE, so the European Territorial Cooperation Programme funded by European Commission. We have 14 partners involved from Luxembourg, France, Belgium and the Netherlands. And on the Luxembourgish side, it is BIMY company, the Schroeder and Associate, and of course, Least, as this was where I found the information. Uh, what are we talking about here? The aim is to recycle 25% of materials sourced from deconstructed buildings. Currently, as the data say, the construction and demolition waste is one third of all waste produced in the EU. So it's an ambitious plan and it will also let us um, create a better exchange of information because currently we have quite a poor digitalization of all the different information regarding uh, materials that we don't need anymore. So this project is supposed to allow us to actually create a 3D scan of an existing building, then create something called BIM, so the building information model. And uh, then this will help us see the potential materials uh, that uh, we can reuse later on. Then there is the collecting of the information. And at the very end, we have some blockchain technology that is supposed to support this uh, transaction of materials uh, to let us sell it on the digital marketplaces dedicated to materials reuse. Sounds quite complicated. What it eventually means is that we will have a better information flow. We will be able to reuse the materials instead of storing them somewhere in uh, wastelands. And hopefully this will also allow for better exchange between the countries that are participating in it. What I found out is that Schroeder and Associer have already participated in some important deconstruction projects, uh, among them the Jean Monnet deconstruction project, the building that I guess many of you know that used to be in Kirchberg, the former building of the European Commission. And they are introducing quite a lot of knowledge into this project and uh, they also managed to get the Luxembourg Railways Company on board And the Etelbrück station, the construction project, will be actually a pilot project. And this means that uh, parallel to the classical deconstruction, there is going to be also the digital one. So watch out for that. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. And hopefully this will be just the beginning of this uh, digital information exchange.
And the last subject for today are the wolves. You may be wondering why I mentioned them today. They made the news in April last year and in 2017, but actually an article and its findings were only published uh, in January this year. That's why I could read it all and tell you a little bit more about it. So first of all, the wolves that we confirmed have been... Uh, identified are the first wolves since 1893 in Luxembourg and they are coming from two different populations. One is the Alpine population that was in Garnish in 2017 and the Central European population in Nidanven. So eventually the first one that was confirmed came somewhere from the Alps, from Italy, most probably France, and the other one more from Central Europe, so I would say probably Poland and cross Germany and arrived in Luxembourg. These are two confirmed cases. We also have the third one that most probably could have been a wolf, but we are not sure. And I have to admit that I am personally pretty happy about the wolves coming. This is important for our ecosystem and I'm on the side of the rewilding so the fact that it in my opinion can increase the ecological resistance of an ecosystem and it should help us more easily bounce back in case of disturbances so I know that if you are looking at it from a perspective of a farmer then most probably you have a different opinion but uh, I think for Eventually, for, for, for us and for the fact that we have previously exterminated this species from our forests, it's pretty good information. But yes, um, I wouldn't like to meet a wolf in the woods. I am still not ready for that contact, although I know that many people say that uh, most probably the wolf would be as scared as I am. Or I assume so. And now it's time for the solution to the pub quiz. So if you remember, the question was, according to Transport and Environment NGO, what is the percentage of Luxembourg city buses registered in 2019 that are zero emission? So I know this is the data from 2019. We are in 2021. And I know it's also about registering the buses. So we are not talking about all the buses, all the fleet that Luxembourg has. Nevertheless, uh, it's quite an impressive number in comparison with other European Union countries because we are second. So we have 67% of our buses that were registered in 2019 and that were zero emissions. So the first country is Denmark and the third are the Netherlands. Of course, we have to put into perspective the number of buses that were bought in that year. We are talking about 102 in case of Luxembourg. The Netherlands, that's 566. So yeah, of course, I mean, chapeau bas to our Dutch neighbours. But what I would like to also add are quite surprising facts about the countries that really did not buy any zero emission buses and that's Austria and Ireland and uh, Italy, Poland, Germany, the UK, Spain, France did not invest as much as we would like to. We could even say that they lag behind and it is worrying because these are definitely the countries that buy a lot of buses and invest in them so it would be great to see more 
zero emission on that side. What was interesting as well is that we're talking about buses that are electric or hydrogen. And it made me read a little bit more about hydrogen, which is a very interesting discussion. It seems that currently it is uh, way better to invest in electric buses because of course we can talk about the speed of uh, refueling and in case of uh, hydrogen that is basically comparable to normal fuel but then we are talking about the cost that comes with it and unfortunately it is just the overall efficiency and the power to vehicle drive energy chain is uh, only half the level of an electric vehicle so not getting into details uh, seems that this is not the best solution so we should rather invest in the electric buses and that's the end of the podcast thank you very much for listening i would like to remind you about the city nature challenge 2021 this is uh, an event organized by the museum that I talk a lot about, so the National Museum of Natural History in Luxembourg. It is uh, supposed to explore biodiversity and it is all done using iNaturalist. I am not sure if I ever mentioned to you this uh, idea, but it's about taking pictures of animals and through the iNaturalist posting them in a special database in order for the others to see how diversified and special our ecosystem is how many different species we can find and the special challenge allows us to try to beat other countries other participants in the number of different pictures and species that we could find more details will be shared uh, as usual in the show notes which you can find when you listen to the podcast on Buzzsprout or if you decide to listen to it on other podcasting platforms there's always a part where I put all the show notes with links and everything else let me just remind you as well that you can always subscribe and then I can send you an email reminding you about a new episode of course uh, please don't forget to follow to tell others about Silux and I hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you for listening and And I hope you will join me in two weeks. Uh, A small info from behind the scenes today. Half of the episode was listened to by my six-year-old son and he almost survived not to say anything. I hope you won't spot any comments of his in this podcast. So once again, thank you very much. This was Silax and my name is Hanna Siemaszko.